0: So before we talk hockey, it is October 24th, which means we are exactly a week away from Halloween. So this question comes up every year. Which candy box is the best candy box? And I feel like we are fairly consistent. I don't think we've wavered in our picks, but I don't quite remember what I picked last time. So um, what would you say is the best one now that you're an adult that you get to buy to hand out?
1: Oh, like I hand out candy. No. What? Come on. <laughs> I buy those boxes for myself. What are you saying?
0: <laughs> oh, you're the worst. <laughs> um,
1: I don't know, man. Like I haven't handed out candy in so long, but usually, and I can't even tell you the different boxes, but if anything has like Wonder Bar or Hershey's cookies and cream and like the good shit in it or like a Mars or a Snickers, I'll go for
0: that. Nice. See, I feel like I couldn't buy a whole box to myself because I get tired of them and I end up having candy until uh, Christmas and then you get more like chocolate and stuff then and then you're just overloaded until Valentine's Day and you get like, it's just there's too much candy and chocolate through that time. So you got to, you got to give some away to the kids.
1: <laughs> yeah, true. But I like my little snack box in the room which is bad <laughs> have a little treat here and there better than a full-sized chocolate bar i guess but i say uh, that as i'm
0: literally eating a plate of pillsbury halloween cookies which the quality of has just those shortbread ones like their christmas mm-hmm. ones and halloween ones the quality's just gone down over the years they're so much smaller than they used to be and they don't they're not as good i remember like being really hyped about these as a kid and i know that's not just oh it's nostalgia they used to be bigger they were better they didn't taste as processed these just taste like sugar i don't know i
1: was never a big fan honestly shortbread wasn't my fave but i haven't had them since maybe elementary school for that reason too but yeah sounds like i'm not missing much
0: no you're not uh the ones that i have here some of them are chocolate and some of them are berry flavored it's very strange uh for me with candy though i like the uh the maynards pack the fuzzy peaches the swedish berries the uh sour patch kids and swedish fish i think agreed yeah
1: i love me some sour candy i don't know why i immediately thought chocolate i mean i enjoy a good chip too i'm i'm a chip person to be honest uh me a bag of chips i'll mow that all day long sweets have to be in the mood i'm I'm a savory versus sweet person so honestly chips were always the best whenever i went trick-or-treating
0: nice see i i can't argue with that too much as as far as chocolate goes i'm not a big milk chocolate or white chocolate guy like i like dark salted chocolate so i guess i'm less on the sweet side of things and more
1: Mm. like bitter and
0: savory so i just got some spicy dill pickle peanuts that i'm really excited to try bulk barn has the
1: best uh they're uh, dark chocolate covered caramels with sea salt on top oh, like yeah. squares mm. Mm. Those so are good. Good.
0: but on the flip side of the candy thing now that we're talking bulk barn they have these juice berries they're they're kind of like swedish berries but they're made with real juice and some of them are blue and some of them are red ah
1: uh, yes oh they're I like so those. good so mm. good
0: I don't know yeah. where they're sourcing that shit from because like no one else has those. Some of the things you're like, oh, this is just this out of its packaging. Those ones, I'm like, I've never seen this anywhere but here.
1: I always get those. Those are my go-to, 100%. Same with the caramels. Maybe a sour candy in between, like something you can't get every day in a regular store or maybe some gummy worms or I don't know.
0: I just saw Jello sour strips. Like they Mm. were like sour candy things, but made by Jell-O. Like they got to expand away from gelatin these days, I guess. Oh,
1: Hmm. interesting.
0: Uh, But But yeah, yeah. this new new neighborhood rent. I think I'm going to get a lot more kids than we did at our last one. It was like our last place that the front door was kind of in the carport. So you had to go around the side of the house. I feel like kids are less um, open to doing that than they are to walk up to a well-lit front door so i don't blame them fair
1: so i honestly I put decorations thought, out yeah true and i honestly thought you were gonna start off by saying it's scorpio season <laughs> because october 24th first day scorpio season of and i'm a scorpio so that's like always on my mind but halloween my favorite holiday and yeah looking forward to it it sucks it's on a tuesday though but mm-hmm. whatever Eh, whatever.
0: I was also looking at the forecast and it's going to be like 18 19 degrees and then all of a sudden on Tuesday just down to five
1: naturally might as well snow and rain and shit and piss because it's always so horrible on Halloween night the weather like I just can't even fathom it
0: just once these kids should be able to be whatever they want and not whatever in a coat
1: right (laughs) (laughs) whatever in a coat
0: (laughs) like i hate how in canada you have to take into account like am i going to be covered up wearing this because i either have to go trick-or-treating or or stand in line for the club and it's like no this is bullshit
1: (laughs) yeah honestly it's pretty bad especially when uh, you have a face full of paint or prosthetics and it's already a bad time to begin with and now it's raining on you and you're like (laughs) god Damn!
0: Fuck. <laughs> Do you have any uh, costume plans?
1: Actually, I don't. Um, every year, usually my partner and I would dress up and be something, but unfortunately, went through a breakup, and that's why I was a little bit absent this summer and stuff. So apologies and to the fans oh, and everything. Eight no years, need to big apologize
0: deal. For that.
1: So this year, I'm. Uh, it's different. I'm single. I'm, uh, you know, it's it's weird. Um, I haven't been single for my entire twenties, so now I'm in my thirties. I'm learning how to relive, and that includes Halloween. So, still making up my mind because my birthday's on Friday too, and yeah, so much happening at once. So I, I guess I have all the free time in the world now, and I'm looking forward to enjoying every minute of it
0: hell yeah good for you I'm glad you're looking on the upside of it you got a couple you know you can you can start some new uh, traditions for birthday and Halloween you know you can pick something whatever the hell you want to do it's uh, it's wide open (laughs) no more
1: partner costumes I I, I do whatever I want all by myself unless someone wants to join me in something but yeah Uh, haven't thought about it Um, do you do Roscoe are you guys partnering up doing something
0: uh Oh, um, I'm going to be, I think I'm working overnight this weekend, so I'm not going to be around for the actual Halloween party, but, um, my fiance is going as, um, Chad Kroger from the photograph, uh, nice. video. So like, I'm going to be, we're like taking the picture from the photograph that he's holding up and like, so we have to like take the picture so she can hold that photo, but it's of us. Yeah. yeah. A You're thing. the support. Yeah.
1: <laughs> In the costume. Exactly. That's fun, though. That's cool.
0: I pulled up an old one, though, from work where I was... um, It happened to be, what was it, 2019, when John Tavares was out with a broken finger. I remember that. And uh, I dressed up as... Like, I just put a suit on and I had a Leafs hat on with my finger wrapped up in tissues and taped.
1: Love it. Love it.
0: I was John Tavares in the press box.
1: Yes. I definitely remember that. That was... The second fantasy year for us maybe um and yeah uh, i'll never forget that and then later on the video of you tearing down all your leaf stuff off the shelf when they got eliminated <laughs> from the playoffs in this big ass rage i'll never mm-hmm. forget that
0: <laughs> oh it was the first of many things to come uh, which means we got to talk about the leaves now Hell yeah Hi, this is Mike Ross, public address announcer for your Toronto Maple Leafs, and this is the Leafs Late Night Podcast. Having another cookie. game destination. And now, your starting lineup, Roscoe, the fanalist, Southey, Beaner, and Darty Brodeur on the Leafs Late Night Podcast. Mm-mm-mm. Mediocre Pillsbury cookie, yum. <laughs> So got to give a shout out and a big thank you to uh, National Beanographic, Justin Bean and Marty Zylstrup Sports is fun for taking over the last episode there. I was uh, wrapping up my work week in Niagara Falls and spending some quality time exploring all the tourist things with uh, my fiance. So thanks, guys, for tapping in there. It was a great episode. Appreciate it.
1: Yeah, it was awesome. We even had a a comment on Discord from Scott saying, Justin and Marty did an awesome job. Nice job on the last cast. So kudos to you guys. And thanks, Marty, for coming on, honestly. Yeah, looking forward to more appearances and so much more season to go through. So stay tuned.
0: Yeah, it was funny. I, uh, I didn't catch the game while I was in Niagara there, but I was walking down the street back to our hotel and uh, I was checking the score periodically. I saw it was three to one. And uh, then I walked by this tattoo shop and I see that there's a couple people standing up looking at this TV that's on in the corner. And so from the street, I can like see through the glass to the TV and I see it's overtime. And it's three, three. I'm like, oh, shit. What? Literally, as I turn to watch this TV, JT comes down the ice and they win. I was like, what? Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. So the only like 10 seconds of this game I watched for the winning goal. I just happened to walk by a TV at that time. It was kind of crazy.
1: Perfect timing. It was meant to be. It was. It was oh, so happy to see uh, the, uh, the Leafs pull it through and Joseph Wall stepping in. And tonight Also getting the start as originally planned. Uh, Keefe came out and said he was always going to get the start against Washington. And poor Sammy, not getting the start against his old team, former team. But hey, Joseph Wall has deserved it. Uh, He's honestly been our wonder wall. So glad to see it.
0: Yeah. And in our uh, our preseason preview, we talked about it was going to be either Sammy or, you know, the Sandine show. So at least we got to see one of those storylines play out in the return of rasmus sandin against the leaves so um what did you what did you like about uh about the sandman's game
1: um you know i i miss sandin but at the same time it was just a gentle reminder that he's off with better opportunities and better lineup placement i thought a couple times tonight he was great defending the puck um, he was a minus one. He had one hit, two shots. He played over 20 minutes, though. And I feel like the Caps really couldn't generate offense and what we would want to see from Sandine to begin with. So uh, I, I'm not really left with a great impression. I mean, I'm glad he got to face his old buds. There was a point in time that stuck with me when Croak was popping up the Puck off his stick for the ref after a whistle, and Sandine just swatted that down. <laughs> that was oh, she, funny. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he was chasing someone's tail at one point and did an awesome job defending. Our Leaf didn't get the shot off on net. So we know he's a great defender. Uh, it was unfortunate what happened just because we were so deep on the left side. We gave him a shot at the right side, didn't work out. So overall I'm just happy for him and I hope he succeeds on this team.
0: Yeah. Unfortunate. The caps are off to a pretty uh, garbage start this year and it's kind of an aging team. Don't really know what to do. You're just kind of riding out the end of Ovi's career at this point. Uh, Sandine, though, the things that I liked, he was still fast. And like you said, he uh, kept up in some foot races for the puck with some of the Leafs, uh, sometimes blocking a couple shots that were uh, pretty good. I think he blocked one of the uh, knee So, I mean, it's nice to see that he's playing. I think it was on the second pair there. But yeah, um, otherwise, a couple, uh, couple misses at the line, a couple turnovers that I was like, hey, there's, there's the Sandman that's still not quite there yet. So yeah. I, he'll get there, but it's tough when you're, uh, like you said, your team's not really um, that supportive around you and still kind of in a transition phase. I don't even want to say a rebuild. Like, I don't know what to call the Washington Capitals right now.
1: Honestly, uh, I heard on the broadcast that this was the slowest start for them in their franchise history. So, I'm not to say join-
0: something, because they have the record for like the worst season ever in NHL history. So, hopefully, right. we're not on course for that.
1: When you're on a team with Ovechkin, who's known to have what, 13 plus seasons of 40 goals and uh, coming into tonight, he still doesn't have one uh, to his name on this season. The Caps didn't have a power play goal either to start this or to start this game. So obviously you have those thoughts in the back of your head like, okay, it's happening against the Leafs.
0: <laughs> and he uh, he came in an in interesting fashion in this game where the Caps thought they opened the scoring with OV diving over wall into the net. He kind of got push tripped. And uh, resulted in what everyone thought might have been the first goal. And after review, keeps now 10 in a row with uh, correct challenges. Now, how do you feel about this one? Because I'm I'm mixed on it.
1: Honestly, I feel like it was the right call because once you see Ovechkin dive into that net, he actually holds down Wall because Wall was snow-angeling. So when you have the weight of that big-ass Russian on top of you, there's no way you can fucking move, okay? And this was just a messy play to begin with because everyone's chipping at the puck. Everyone's diving. Like, I think Ovi counted three or four shots on that alone. I mean, he ended the, the first period with what was it 10 or seven shots so (laughs) Backstrom able to flick it back into the net when he found the loose puck and honestly I think it was the right call I mean it was a mess not gonna lie but if you want to argue that we should argue the penalty shot for Ovi there because I really don't think that call was warranted a penalty shot
0: well, they've been saying they're handing out penalty shots like crazy this year. It's like, it's pretty weird that, you know, a little tap on the hands that far away from the net gets called a penalty shot. I agree. But uh, if they want yeah. more goals, I, I get it. And you want to give goals to a star. Like, maybe they got the memo. Like, if there's anything while someone's on a breakaway, just make it a penalty shot. Because it's more fun to watch, I guess.
1: Like, yeah, and my go ahead
0: if if what you're trying to do is get people to sign on for the shootout instead of saying get rid of it like make more penalty shots happen so people are used to seeing this this one-on-one thing i guess i'm just looking at it from a marketing perspective
1: yeah i guess penalty shots are more entertaining right but we want to be consistent in this league we want to follow the rules and you don't want some shitty ass calls in the playoffs where it makes or breaks breaks your series which we've all been there done that seen the worst calls against the Leafs and even vice versa for the other team so my my thing is to stay consistent right like I don't think that penalty shot was warranted because it did not impede Ovi's ability to take the shot like yes it was a hook don't get me wrong Geo definitely got him in the hands but mm, to call the penalty shot and there's been Numerous times already where Leafs were pretty much hanging by one thread and spun around on a breakaway and no call.
0: Here. I just want to like, I can't actually play the clip, but I'm looking at this, uh, replay of Ovi in the net. And I mean, uh, it's tough to say that he was holding him.
1: I think the, the point was that he dove directly into the net Like, leaving no space in the crease. And the Caps were already chipping away, chipping away. Um, Six shots for that power play.
0: Oh, yeah. You seeing this here?
1: But that's what you're showing on screen right now is after the fact. And he's already in the net. I think it's more of the motion and how he got there.
0: But what I'm saying is, like, the puck is still... See where it is? It's still, like, at Wall's feet. So like this all of this happens while Ovi's like still standing up he's not doing anything when the puck goes in the net that's why I'm like I don't think it shouldn't be a goal it's just that again if we're talking about like I said on the penalty shots they're just trying to get more goals happening in the league it's the whole mantra the last few seasons was if it's close just keep it a goal keep it you know the call on the ice so it To me, it's just weird that they would overturn this when it's so close and there's no precedent for this. Like, they, I don't know, whatever. I think what I
1: see is that um, the initial contact point prevented Wall to get up in the first place and left him down on his back for even longer. So if Ovi didn't make that dive, then Wall would most likely be up on his feet already.
0: Okay, yeah, if we're going back to when the initial contact happened that put Wall on his back, like... OK,
1: yeah, because that's what you're pretty much checking for goalie interference. Like, where did Wall get contacted with? Like, where did he get hit? He fell on his back originally, but then Dovey just, or Ovi Dovey Dovey fucking dove right into the fucking net, And then, yeah, it was just
0: for me, no, but, I think well, it was the contact good. happened here. OK, I'm not again, I'm not trying to argue for. The Leafs did not get something in their favor here, but like here's yeah. where the contact happens. It's not Ovi. It's Backstrom and whoever this is here. Wilson. With okay. McCabe and Nylander.
1: Mhm. Well,
0: like that's where the contact happens. It's like he gets hit here. Yeah. That's how he goes down. Like
1: now, watch him go down, though, and then how Ovi comes up over top of him.
0: He Okay.
1: And then he's down, he's down, the puck is free, and then Ovi comes flying in, makes contact.
0: Not... Uh, foot
1: between the... Uh, okay. Right in the crotch, foot right up the but dick. But he makes
0: the save. The point is... <laughs> After that contact, he still makes the save. He stays down through all of this. Ovi manages to get up in the time that Wall does. Okay. Like, that's the only thing there. But I don't... I, What I'm saying is that's not, like, blatant goaltender interference in my mind.
1: It's not. And that's why, you know, Keith called the timeout to make sure... Because it wasn't an, an instant call. Like he used his timeout literally the first couple minutes into the first period to really make sure about this challenge, right. And it, it was tough. Like I, I honestly did not see it coming. And then when it happened and I saw the replay, I'm like, you know what? you're right. Good eye. You might as well challenge it, challenge it. and it's early anyways, like literally first minutes of the first period. So I'm happy it got into. It was for our favor.
0: Yeah, it's one thing to challenge with the offsides because it's black and white, but these goaltender interference ones are just up in the air. Like there's going to be something where the goalie is like literally run down and there's somebody on top of them and they're going to be like, no, that's a fair goal because X, Y, Z. Like, that's what I mean is this is not going to set any precedent and it's going to be completely fucking wild west all year on goaltender interference calls. So it just bugs me that it's like, oh, this is what we're going to call now. Like, is right? (laughs) I, I dare you to keep this up like past October.
1: Uh, A lot of penalties tonight, right? In the first period alone, we had four penalties, two apiece. And, oh, man, I'm so, so glad tonight we got a goal from a defender for the first time this season. Riley, man, just seeing a glimpse from postseason Riley that we've been waiting for this season – so nice. And this goal, just PP2 working in action, literally passing it to Domi at the line, feeds it back to Lily. And Riley goes straight to the net. He doesn't stick around up on the blue line. He's going right for that uh, position there beside Kemper. And it was it seems so easy. Uh, Riley had the smarts to outweight, uh f- I think it was Feverty or um Fa- one uh, of the defenders that
0: Faraberry, yeah, whatever. Yeah. What, what he
1: right? waits for him to go down on one knee, he slides over and literally picks his pocket and shoots it right in. Oh, baby, Lillian Domi with the assist and um I'm just hoping that this back end gets going.
0: No. and I'll I'll eat it because I said, you know, when Riley missed those two open nets on the last one, I'm like, what do you if you're going to jump in here, you got to actually bury it. And tonight he jumped in and he buried it so good on him i'll eat that
1: yeah we talked a lot about riley and uh two episodes ago and uh, a lot of people were mad right like calling out his contract like what does he bring to this team now he's on pp2 but riley was also the reason behind the second goal as well setting up uh john tavares on this huge shot and jt deflecting it in like riley really had a bounce back statement game and i am so here for it
0: yeah and i was gonna say i mean you and i've been asking for some shots from the defensemen you know not just jumping up on the play and doing what the forwards do but like actually taking some shots from the blue line and both riley and Klingberg were firing them all night like i don't know how many are gonna actually be reflected in their shots on goal because they don't always make it to the net or they get tipped but man those guys were really confident tonight at just shooting them
1: Klingberg actually has zero counted for tonight (laughs) and Riley has one, which is the goal. So that's interesting. And I know we spoke a lot about Klingberg before as well and hitting shin pads only. So hopefully some of these shots can connect with the net or at least uh, get a tip on them. Right. And um, we did see this anyways, uh, hit him in action on the fourth goal on the power play, which is nice, but Yeah. I'm always hoping for the big shot from the back end and Klingberg, man, I want to see the big slapper soon. Please, I know you have a great wrist shot, but show us how much power you have.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, I think the D looked a little better tonight than they have the last few games. I mean, you have an advantage where as long as you can cover the uh, the OV line, like the rest of this lineup kind of falls off and they had a chance to... Uh, I guess find their footing not be challenged as much as they have to be you know not too mean to the capitals but um McCabe looked a little better Riley looked better Klangberg looked better Geo I'm still you know there was a couple turnovers that were just I find he goes into into the corner and just throws the puck immediately like there's not a lot of you know looking around and and taking that extra second which is something that Riley's really good at doing uh, mm-hmm. I find the puck is behind the Leafs net and Gio just immediately like grabs it, looks behind it and it just throws it to somebody. And, yeah. you know, Panic. two of two of every 10 of those is going to the wrong person, unfortunately. So he's just, it seems like he just doesn't have the um, the energy anymore to keep uh, the play going. And he's just trying to, uh, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but it's, it's not working too much. He was out there with Klingberg though. And, and that pairing seemed to be, okay um as a whole but like there was just a couple misses from him that I'm like Ugh, can we please get Timmons back
1: and another little lineup mix here we uh to start tonight uh Croak on that first line with Matthews and Marner and then Bertuzzi with Willie and JT the bottom six we have Holmberg centering Gregor and Reeves and then back to Nice and Camp Domi so Seeing them connect last game, Camp and Domi with Nyes there, so nice. Tonight, I, f- I thought they had a bit of chemistry. I didn't even really notice the fourth line. But I think the star of the show um, tonight anyways, that second line was buzzing with Bertuzzi, with JT and Nylander. Um trying to find that chemistry for Bertuzzi.
0: Yeah, he's still looking a little like he had that one shot he should have had. I think Knives was really good tonight. I mean, you said you didn't really notice the fourth line. I noticed him individually a lot. There was a lot of pucks he was chasing down and and one of one battles. He was third? Oh, sorry. I thought you said he was in the fourth there. I read the backwards. (laughs) Oh, gotcha. (laughs) So he was, I think he was pretty decent, but yeah, that the fourth line, which he said was what Reeves line,
1: uh, Holmberg and Gregor.
0: Yeah. Uh, Gregor had a shot that he took off the post there that looked like it could have gone in. Um, I don't know. Reeves, eh, I don't know, unless he's going to get in somebody's face, I really don't know what he's out there for. Like it's going to turn into a Kyle Clifford situation. <laughs>
1: Honestly, and I'm so glad you know, Matthews tonight actually scoring without a Reeves fight.
0: <laughs> oh my God, that shot was disgusting.
1: whoo baby uh o v two point oh my God, on the power play as well. and this this p- penalty was actually for the abuse of the officials. Thank you, Tom Wilson.
0: <laughs> wait, actually, I missed that.
1: Yeah. And uh, honestly, Klingberg's super powerful on this power, fl- or power play as well because the puck almost left the zone multiple times and he held the line every time. And it was just a uh, typical, you know, around the boards, JT winning the battle to Marner, Matthews give and go and down on one knee in like 75.9 mile per hour shot, not even that high for Matthews but Kemper tonight oh not the best I believe we had what four goals on 16 shots by this point and I'm I was kind of surprised they didn't pull him
0: yeah I was too because I mean the first three were on eight shots I think like that's that's really like switch goalie territory but who is their backup like do they have anything even to go to I I, goalies went through the blender this offseason
1: um we have H Shepherd. I've never heard yeah, of exactly. goalie what? Shepherd. What?
0: Wait, yeah. actually?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Cops uh, Daily
0: face off. Who was their backup goalie tonight?
1: Hunter Shepherd. Clay okay.
0: Stevenson. I think. Okay.
1: I'm I'm going off the NH- or the NHL website right now, but um Oh, This guy is a Hershey Bears goalie from the AHL, uh, Hunter Shepard, but.
0: Yeah, so they have no backup goalie.
1: Interesting.
0: Oh, Charlie (laughs) Lindgren sidelined with an injury. Hunter Shepard will replace him. So the two of these guys have been switching back and forth as the backup. Yikes. So that's why they left him in because they have nothing to go to.
1: Okay. Fair (laughs) point. Fair point. uh... So,
0: yeah, Willie was really playing for his uh, double-digit contract tonight, eh? Like, the way this guy's just been dancing his way towards the net, the pulling his uh, little Connor McDavid moves, the only thing I can compare it to where he just goes, oh, there's three guys there. Let me just, like, just get to the net
1: yeah (laughs) just getting to to the net and on this goal to joseph wall handling a crazy ass bounce um thank you for saving that oh my god and the leafs kind of you know rebound and matthews gets the puck to literally shoot it way up to nylander at the caps blue line and jensen was on his tail but he couldn't keep up and this was the third goal in eight shots on a one minute and 15 second shift So when he was asked in the interview, was he gassed? He was just like, I don't know. uh, It was all Maddie. Maddie made a nice play and just super nonchalant, normal Nylander, just, you know, acting like a 17-year-old who gives no fucks in the world, really. And yeah, he's just super confident. Um, Fifth goal of the year. Tenth point in, what, six games now? So Of course, playing for that contract, and I hope to see this consistency continue because if he wants the double-digit big-money payday, this has to keep up.
0: Hell yeah, and uh, last star of the night we got to touch on is uh, Joseph Wall, who has been fantastic facing like 17 shots from Alex Ovechkin in one night, stopping all of them but one. That's got to be a personal achievement. I mean, the dude, I think, broke his own record for shots. Pardon me, on goal in one game. uh, I have
1: 14.
0: Oh, he only had 14? I swear he got another one because I I thought it said 14 before he scored.
1: Well, maybe uh, my website is wrong because after this NHL update on their app and website, it's been absolute Mm. shit
0: well yeah with their new <laughs> nhl edge where you can track the game yeah, well Ooh. whatever it was 14 15 16 17 however many shots it was that's a shit ton of shots from the best scorer besides uh wayne gretzky so
1: yeah scoring his three 300th power play goal tonight as well Gross. um Joseph Wall, just speaking of him, he honestly had no chance on this goal. You find you find four Leafs on the wrong side of the ice on the penalty so kill. Bad. Ovi beside the net, standing there, not in his usual spot, which is weird, right? Everyone is over there, but Ovi's not yeah. over there. <laughs> so, so what the bad. hell's going Man. on with that? And then super easy Carlson to Wilson feeding Ovi right on the doorstep simple little tap anyone could have made that play and that's his first of the year
0: yeah (sighs) um I'm gonna save the rest because I guess there's questions on it anyway um yeah yeah blackouts wall yeah okay so all of this is gonna come up in questions so um anything before we go to that or should we just go there I think I'm gonna
1: yeah let's just go there
0: sorry one last thing i wanted to do everything tonight came from wall and the stars as i tweeted out asking for questions we had goals from jt willie matthews and riley um the problem is still that uh you know all of this is great this is what the the team is built for but do we need a little more out of the bottom six like is there is there an issue here cuz it seems that it's the same thing as last year where there's no finish they can get all the way there they're fast but nobody can actually put the puck in the net um and i know that's not necessary when you can get four goals out of the uh, the top six in your D but you know that's not what we got Max Domi for um i think we expected more out of Ryan Reeves and you know Pontus Holmberg is supposed to be taking another step we just signed David Kampf to an extension i know he's a defensive guy but You know, we uh, would like something more from them.
1: I agree. We also signed Holmberg as well, right? And um, giving him a chance in replace of Fraser Minton. Um, You know, I feel like the Leafs go on these little spots of the bottom six only scoring and then it's the top six only scoring like it's never the best of both worlds it seems sometimes and then we'll we'll be complaining like what's going on with the core and then people will start bitching about JT and how he's slow and washed and (laughs) that's fair it's it's kind of back and forth but I'm I'm with you there uh tonight I picked Reeves Domi and Nylander for my Tim's pick because I I seriously thought Domi would break the ice tonight like I I'm rooting for this guy I really want him to score one same with Reeves like how great would that be um seeing either of them scoring or even camp and me you know, maybe they're saving it for home ice, right? But um, I'm always reading for the new guys. And yeah, um, just another game. Uh, another one on the road trip. Um, always hoping for the best. So eh, it's hard to really say anything else.
0: Yeah, I guess I would, I wouldn't mind as much if it wasn't like we just went through a whole overhaul to address this problem and it hasn't really fixed itself. So yeah, we'll give it time. Also, this game was very much a specialty teams where we've kind of planted Matthews and Marner. So it was not much opportunity for your bottom six to play when you're either killing a penalty or on the power play for the entire game again.
1: Again. Yeah, unfortunately. So I'm glad to pull out the window and glad to see the big boys work for their payday and. Um, I guess that's what you asked for, right? Like just have the core pull through, have the superstars put their names on these sheets and move on forward and collect. Everyone has to just come back and collect themselves, including Sammy, right? He's sitting there on the bench staring at Joseph's uh, perfect, you know, nearly perfect um, showing here. So uh, he must be feeling a little down about himself. I mean, in the last 10 starts alone, Joseph Wall has posted a 939 save percentage. He's saved um he saved um or only let in one goal against 67 shots in the last two games. So, he's really been the superstar right now.
0: Agreed. Uh move on to questions here? Yeah. So, um one that I want to save is regarding all the blackouts. So if you want to uh, hear about that we are going to talk about it. Don't worry. Okay. Now let's start with thoughts on does Robertson get the call if Minton goes back to Junior or without injury what do we do when Timmons is healthy who gets waived? Okay, so this is from Sean Roy Salmas at Salmas Roy. First part here, uh thoughts on Robertson um getting the call if Minton goes back to Junior. So Nick Robertson is currently leading the Toronto Marlies with three goals and three assists for six points in five games. Granted, he's a minus three over that time, but plus minus in the AHL is probably the most irrelevant stat ever. So um, (laughs) at least he's off to a good start here. That's more than we can ever ask for as far as his development's gone. So what do you think?
1: Uh, more goals than his bro right now. I know he's in the NHL, but damn, fantasy owners have been pissed about Jason Robertson. So always hoping for either of them to get going, both of them at the same time. And I know Steve Dangle mentioned, you know, it's Robertson's time, especially with how minton has been playing out. But the Leafs have extended Holmberg for a reason. Um, maybe switching Domi to center on this third line, as Steve suggested, would be you know it would work out i mean he averages around 48% on the dot throughout his career um i say why not like if you're popping off in the nhl of course or the ahl sorry of course you're you're battling for a spot in the nhl you're proving yourself your your offense is on point and like this is what you have to do to work your way up so he's doing all the right things and when the time comes i of course, give him the shot.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think Robertson has done exactly what they need him to do to get warmed up to come out into the league. Minton was, uh, you know, given this opportunity because they have this leeway with him where they can keep him for the nine games and send him back down. So, yeah, I think it makes sense to uh, to push. Like you said, you can do Domi at center or even uh, you can send Holmberg back down if you want to and switch him back and forth with Robertson see who gets the spot. But like you said the the extension on on Holmberg makes that a little tough to sell to management um without the injury what do we do when Timmons is healthy? who gets waived uh...
1: hmm it's it's tough uh because you you don't want to lose. Well, I don't want to lose Timmins, especially after seeing his preseason outing before the injury. This guy was firing pucks like a John Klingberg used to do in his prime, like and he was, he was scoring too, right? So he, you got to see who's exempt and who's not. Uh, you know, we won't lose Homburg. Um, just thinking about an extra forward there. Uh, I think. You do you do eleven
0: seven? Tra-
1: 7 That or you make the difficult decision about the topic of TJ Brody. Like you you make the decision of making a trade and making space and maybe bringing in Timmons who um, could be a good replacement or even Mark Giordano, like making a decision on him because uh, Timmons got extended for a 1.1 1 mil for the next two years then he becomes a restricted free agent Um, it's tough because Gio's a UFA after this year I know he makes a little less at 800k but TJ Brody also a UFA after this year at 5 mil obviously we're not getting rid of Klingberg anytime soon it's too early and I think the Leafs really like him so or maybe (laughs) Lily.
0: Lily and Gio are the only ones without uh, no move clauses, but Gio's on a 35 plus contract. So I don't think, uh, how does that work again? 35 plus contracts are weird.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, There's some leeway there, but I'm not too sure. And it's going to be a tough call, honestly. Um, I'm not ready for when that happens, but whatever will better the team. And sometimes these decisions are painful, right? Like even Wayne Simmons, not getting any ice time this season or, you know, really being a part of the Leafs. Ro- well, he's not on the Leafs roster. Like uh, that, that hurts me a little, but at the same time, it's like, you got to weigh the pros and cons and go with what's better for the team. And I honestly think Timmins could be a really successful piece to this future. Of the team.
0: Okay, so here, 35 plus contract. uh, So you don't benefit from a reduced cap hit regardless of the player's location of play, termination, retired status, or a buyout. So it's so that you can't, say, sign a player to a ton of money, but all that money comes in the last couple of years when you think they're going to retire and then you can just buy them out of it. Okay. Um, So an exception to this rule is that a team will receive a $100,000 cap hit reduction if the player... Is on the second or later year of the contract and assigned to the minors, so like your probably your your Jordy Benz,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, um,
0: yeah. So Lilligren's the only one that can go back and forth, which as far as your go, you don't really want to do because that defeats the purpose of this. I think Lilligren's finally starting to find his stride this season, so. I think it's going to have to be a seven defenseman thing and you, you just give Gio some time off.
1: Yeah. And Lily is a right-handed defender. Um, I hate to say his name because, you know, he came up in the system and you love to see it when drafted prospects come up through and, you know, they're successful. And uh, obviously we got Timmins in a trade from Arizona. Right. So, Mm. And I know just there's, healthy
0: scratch geo i guess
1: yeah people are so split on lily too um i this year i really think it's it has to be a make or break season for lily uh next year restricted free agent but if he doesn't perform up to standards and keep up in this lineup you're right roscoe i i honestly now just thinking about it deeper it, it has to be lily
0: yep next one um is it too early to call wall number one so this is from scream morgan at um sc morgan author so
1: hmm, he's definitely making a good case for it um do you weigh who's number one based on contract or stats and starts <sighs>
0: I feel like you still have to give Samsonov games like you're not going to be able to ride wall for the next, you know, 78. So you got to see what you can uh, get out of your your other guy, even if it is going to be a flip of who's A and who's B. They're both going to have to play half the season, at least. So, uh, I mean, maybe you let wall establish himself here. Let him play the next game on this road trip against Dallas. And then uh, who do they play the next one to Nashville
1: Nashville on Saturday and then back home on Halloween against LA Kings.
0: See, none of those sound like fun games to be a net for, but I would say Nashville is at least a more defensive team. Let Sammy um, do the battle against Soros there. That's a game where he can just, you know, try to get back to form because we know he's not a bad goalie he's just having a really rough start to the season here um yeah i think wall has at least earned playing the harder game here against Dallas, and then you go from there
1: yeah give him the start against the otter you know top three goalie in the league uh, ottinger so i totally agree with you there give him that back to nashville who's been struggling to say the least in la uh make your decision based on the outcome on saturday maybe sammy will get the next start after and i kind of hope for it just so he you know gets his reps in he doesn't sit too long and maybe they can go to a rotational basis
0: mm-hmm. sorry i thought i could sneak a cookie there It's <laughs> okay. So, <good. laughs> so zapper at vi blue and white what do you think willie's doing differently this year that's given him so much success He's always been good, but he's on another level, confidence, effort level. For me, he's been taking the puck to the net uh, way, way more than he ever has. I mean, that's what I was saying. The guy is carrying it to the net and just literally not even having to take shots, just pushing the puck into the net, just getting by everybody, using his size and speed, athleticism, just putting it in. That's a type of game that we haven't seen from him before. Also, he's taking a lot more shots. Like... It's a contract year. That's it. Like some guys uh, crack under this pressure and some guys take it as like, no, look, you told me I'm not worth that. Okay. Challenge
1: accepted. Yeah. He led the team tonight in shots with four. Um, I, it's all about the confidence. You're absolutely right. His former play. And we've talked a little bit about this. It used to be, you know, enter the zone and stop up or play ring around the rosy, wasting time looking for some help. Like he, he never really drove the net. Like he was really passive in his, I guess, offensive skill at times. And that's what would be so frustrating about William Nylander, because we always knew that he could do this, but he made those decisions at times to just stop up and second guess himself. And, moving forward i i want him to stop second guessing himself period because he has a killer shot and even mike johnson was saying tonight on tsn like the shot is lethal we just want to see him shoot more if this guy starts to shoot every puck to the net he can easily get 40 plus goals a season
0: oh easily and i think this might be the year that he uh, he really explodes as far as goals go like if the top six kind of stays as a, eh, we're just going to let you guys score and the power plays, you know, one and two are both floated up, I think you're going to see just insane season, in, insane seasons from Willie, JT, Matthews. And, you know, I think Marner is going to do well, but a lot of the goals are going to come from those three guys. Agreed. Um, so as we move to the next one here, <clears throat> a lot of people are talking about the access to games tonight as uh, every single team is playing. So Southpaw Cal, fun guy. Imagine promoting a 16-game night with staggering starts only to get to be able to watch one game due to blackouts. Way to promote yourself, NHL. Maybe lift blackouts for one day if you're going to do this. So this is something that I've been yelling about for a long time because I'm in Ottawa watching Leaf games, so I'm on the other side of the broadcast line that uh, the Sens and Canadians share. What I'm trying to find here, and I don't know if I'll be able to, is how many people are actually streaming on these sites right now. So the problem is the NHL sells these broadcast rights to individual broadcasters regionally and nationally. And all these games get designated, whether they're a regional or national broadcast. And the price of these um broadcast like the sorry the 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 sale how do I put this the amount that the NHL can charge for these broadcasting rights is directly dependent on how many people that they can estimate are going to be watching because that's how many people's eyes are going to be on advertisements so if you say that there are you know x amount of people let's say 50 million watching you know the NHL on any on a 16 game night like this but like really 2 million, 3 million of them are watching on streaming sites and, you know, a couple people are um, watching it at the bar because, you know, it's on a channel they can't get there. Like, it really affects those numbers and that directly affects, like, how Uh, much money goes back into this league as far as the salary cap goes and everything. So it's just, it's beneficial for the league to get these games in front of the most eyes possible. And I just, I can't believe they haven't figured out how to package something together where it's all available in one place you can pay for. So people are not going to these other places because it is insane how many sites are making money off of the NHL's lack of broadcasting rights. Like I figured out tonight that I can VPN to toronto and watch through my bell five tv app so i don't have to um, go to these bullshit sites anymore because it's so annoying paying for cable and paying for like tsn and sportsnet and still not being able to watch a game like i'm only three hours away from the toronto maple leaf stadium like it's it's insane that i can't watch this
1: it's bullshit and you know i was kind of excited when the nhl announced that they would have staggered starts this year i did not realize with this excitement that they would schedule the whole fucking league on one night and then the night before one game and then the night after one game like the the whole point of staggering these starts is that so we can you know watch more hockey but no they want to book the entire league to play on one night and one one game every other freaking night like come on (laughs) fantasy like makes it so hard you don't know who to start and then the guys you don't start are popping off so you're even more mad the people who are starting are going for free skate and it's just aggravating and i feel for you guys i'm lucky that i do get you know the stream here or on cable and i'm in the gta but i can't imagine for guys like you cal in vancouver like marty like come on
0: well what's crazy is we have the same amount of teams as the nfl does and they're not doing every single team on the same day because they know that if there's. There's people that are hardcore fans that are going to want to watch more than, you know, three or four games. And you can't do that if 16 of them are on within four or five hours of each other. Like, you can realistically only watch, like, maybe two games start to finish. So I I don't understand the point of having everyone play at the same time. It's not like they're really taking advantage of it being like, oh, here, we're going to show... Clips of everything. I think they were hosting something somewhere where they're going to jump around through the games, but it's like, my God, like this is too much. And like you said, it affects betting and and fantasy and everything like uh, the again, viewership. You want the most eyes possible on games. And if you spread all these games out over Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday, instead of putting everything on a Tuesday night, you just have more consistent hockey in people's faces um, there's just more to talk about instead of so much at once that things get overlooked. Like, you can't possibly cover everything that's going on in these games tonight because by the time these teams all play again on, you know, Thursday or something, half of it's going to be irrelevant. There's not enough time in the day to talk about all of it. Like, it's just, it's not good for broadcasting. It's not good for covering it. It's not good for watching it. I just, I don't understand why this fucking league that we watch is so stuck in the past but thankfully thanks to travis Dermott, they did one thing right and decided instead of finding somebody for using pride tape they're just going to scrap the entire thing so
1: yeah congrats yeah. to
0: travis Dermott for championing that
1: kudos to him so happy especially a form relief to doing that and pride means a lot to this team especially guys like morgan riley who's very vocal about these issues but Yeah, if anything, um, you know, this new women's league, if they want to be successful with their viewership, just don't do anything that the NHL is doing. Like don't follow their footsteps. Like I, I know this is what you're trying to model the league after because obviously they're successful compared to women's sports. But literally, like it's so easy to take these notes and not apply them because it doesn't work like as a general hockey fan watching like uh i don't I mean, know I who's don't, benefiting here
0: i don't love the whole monopoly of amazon but like put the WA or the PWHL, um on amazon prime you know
1: yeah that would be like, awesome
0: it you know, anything that people have access to like that or what's another one that people like i say amazon prime because a lot of people just have it you know and yep it's one that you can go oh you know if if that's on there i'll watch it like netflix wouldn't do it um Not like maybe rogers apple cable T- apple tv might but like i'm talking to streaming because the thing with rogers is you get into the whole rogers versus uh bell you know tsn and and right. uh, sports center or sports net coverage so if you want mm-hmm. to be able to talk about it, it's just it's a pain in the ass if one company controls all of it. So um, I I think it really they should go to like something international instead of selling them individually to the to Canadian and American broadcasters. Just say like, look, it's going to be on here. You know, and there's probably CRTC rules with that where they <clears throat> actually have to get uh, have a separate one here. But um, in that case, again, like don't don't split this up between all of you guys. Like it's so stupid. <sighs> I don't honestly.
1: Know. We want to watch. I I, I just want to watch. Okay, like it's not making it so difficult.
0: I miss uh. when the worst thing was. Oh, this game's on Leafs TV. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> that used to yeah, be the, the biggest. Days. Yeah, that used to be the only the only thing it was. Oh no, This one of like six games this year is on Leafs TV. Can't watch it. But again, that's an example of like they tried to do something where they were going to put the games there, but like they could really only afford to get a couple of them because regional broadcasts don't really make sense.
1: It mm, doesn't make sense age,
0: to me because like, you've got fans all over the place that are watching this, whether it's in different parts of the country or different, you know, other countries. And it's just, it's so stupid to draw imaginary lines and say, you have to be within these because that's how we told advertisers it was going to happen. It's like, it's not the seventies. Like, I don't understand why they don't take this into account where, you know, the same the same lesson that the record labels learned, you know, when they were late to the party on on downloading and streaming. It was like instead of trying to stop people from streaming, let's just make music available online for a price that people are willing to pay. Because as they learned, people will always pay for something if it's accessible. But if it's not accessible, then they're going to steal it.
1: Yeah, it's dumb.
0: Way too many people are stealing hockey games right now.
1: Oh yeah, 100%. It's the only way, apparently.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's like out of necessity. I'm not saying it's a, I'm not frowning on any of them because it's something that we have to do to watch the games, but it's just, I'm saying as a, it's a problem that this many people have to in order to watch it.
1: Yep, absolutely.
0: (sighs) Okay, fun thing that I learned that I want to close on here. Did you know that the 10th biggest pyramid in the world is in memphis tennessee
1: 10th no i did not
0: so there is a massive pyramid structure in memphis tennessee it was built to be um, a relocation spot for the um, vancouver grizzlies but it did not end up being said arena Um, it went through a lot of financial turmoil over a couple years i'm just kind of remembering what i read about it i'm not actually going to look it up right now but Um, basically they had this giant venue, um, that was unused and bankrupt. So here, I'm going to actually, I am going to pull up a picture of it because you have to see this fucking thing. Okay. So here's the Memphis pyramid, um, share screen. And I want you to guess what you think this is now.
1: Um, hmm. Hmm. probably something so messed up like uh i don't know like an indoor some, like field of some sort
0: so would it shock you to find out that that pyramid is a massive bass pro shop
1: oh my god that's insane. <laughs> I'm not kidding.
0: So this Whoa. Memphis pyramid currently contains a Bass Pro Shop megastore, which includes shopping, a hotel, restaurants, a bowling alley, an archery range, an outdoor observation deck, um, a giant aquarium. It's got everything.
1: Wow. I expect the inside to look Epic, hanging with a bunch of bird shit and, <laughs> I don't know, taxidermy and uh, paddles hanging from the ceiling in pyramid shape.
0: <laughs> yeah, apparently they wanted to make it a mid-American branch of the Smithsonian, but that didn't work. It was going to be a casino, a theme park. Like Everybody just pitched uh. different things.
1: I originally thought casino, but I'm like, no, that's too easy.
0: Yeah, so it's a Bass Pro Shop. It's got a shooting range, laser arcade, archery range, bowling alley, aquarium. Wow. um, A hundred-room hotel, the Big Cypress Lodge. Uh, The Bass Pro Shop's pyramid contains 600,000 gallons of water, featuring the largest collection of waterfowl and hunting-related equipment in the world.
1: This sounds so American.
0: I know, and they're they said they're going to add a zip line like here i gotta i gotta find a picture of the inside of this thing it's it's absolutely insane
1: it just sounds so extreme and extravagant and unnecessary which reminds me of american portion sizes and everything in between
0: (laughs) do you want to see what it looks like on the inside
1: uh yes
0: there's no way you can imagine that this is what it looks like on the inside
1: i'm kind of scared oh what this
0: it's like so, an actual whoa. it's like a lagoon like there's a river that runs through it
1: oh this looks like a video game
0: yeah it looks like when you come up on the town that's like a, a bayou marsh thing like there's a boat that goes through the water like it looks like you're in a rainforest cafe but it's a giant bass pro shop and like there's look at this tower
1: I can't even tell what's on the bottom because it just looks like a map. Like a yeah. fantasy map.
0: Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. So this is the outside of it with Bath Whoa. Pro Shop and Ducks Unlimited Outdoor World.
1: <laughs> oh my I like God. It's called
0: Outdoor World, but it's indoors.
1: Are we going to Memphis?
0: Like, you know, this is like... We built that that um Las Vegas sphere, but everyone forgot that we built the pyramid and nobody <laughs> wanted it and now it's a Bass Pro shop, so Oh my god <laughs> I
1: That's think crazy.
0: we better be careful um <laughs> how many of these big dumb venues do we build, because holy shit, what a waste of space.
1: <laughs> I don't even want to know the price.
0: <laughs> Apparently <laughs> They built, they opted for building a $250 million NBA arena instead of using that one because it would have took taken so much retrofitting to like hold a proper team. Ew. But like it did have concerts and and like NCAA games and stuff at one point. Like concerts and sports did happen in there. But then uh, I think it was like, oh, four, it went bankrupt.
1: Yeah. Wow.
0: But this this dude wanted to build it. It's like he had the idea from like the 50s. And it finally got built in the 90s, I think, or like 1989, and then only to become a bass pro shop within 20 years. Like, <laughs> what a weird tale.
1: Just predicting the future and space times from back in the 50s, and it ends up a pyramid. So yep. <laughs> I don't
0: know. And the Arizona Coyotes can still find nothing better than a state fucking arena.
1: I was just going to say that. I'm like, remember the times of players changing behind curtains and, like, the back room of college fucking arenas that literally have zero privacy and fold-out chairs?
0: (laughs) This league needs to get its shit together. I'm so tired of this league being behind on everything. (sighs) Like... <clears throat> Did you hear that there's apparently complaints from the other uh, from some owners about the Winnipeg Jets attendance and how it's been down? It's like, uh, don't even don't fucking even like <laughs> yep. there's a team that is literally less than a quarter of the attendance when it's at full capacity. Like before any team gets mention of being relocated, the Arizona Coyotes have to go like there's no one that can pass them on the chopping block. I don't care Honestly. how many seats the Ottawa Senators take out of their arena or how financially downturned fucking Winnipeg is or how much Jesse Pollock is scaring people away from that team. Like, <laughs> there, <laughs> is, there is nothing that has to happen before the Arizona Coyotes go. So I just, I can't even listen to that argument.
1: Yeah, me either. It doesn't make sense. And they will always exist until the desert freezes. it freezes over it it seems like it anyways
0: (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) fuck that team okay um we outie
1: yeah just a quick mention of everyone else in the questions mikey d shouting out saying no question but sending my love to y'all and go leafs fucking go yes sir and lots about wall thanks guys uh for your comments, and yeah, it definitely is wall season. I'm looking forward to seeing a lot more starts from him and keeping up this pace because all of his NHL numbers starting from 2021 has been over 900. His lowest has been a 911. I know that it was only four games, but hey, so far this season, he's at a 947 and two, and you love to see it.
0: Love it, baby. Remember to give us a follow on YouTube over at Inside the Ranking. Catch the videos. Sorry, I've been behind on those. That's because I was in that hotel and the upload speed. It took like like to upload two gigs of a video. It would have taken two days. So by the time I uploaded it, the next one would have been out. So we'll have videos again. I apologize about that. Um, Follow us on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get them. And actually, let us know on Discord if you're not there where you listen to it. Because um, it helps me decisions on certain things because some platforms offer things the others don't and I might go to one instead of the other so
1: yeah Yeah. thanks feedback is great
0: goodbye
1: goodbye
0: Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Leafs Late Night. Your night of post-game podcast available after every game on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, and more. And remember to check out sports. Sports. Sports is fun. Fun.